The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey. You're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling Podcast, and this is the Least Professional Wrestling Podcast. I'm not a professional broadcaster, audio editor, advertiser, nothing like that. You obviously know that if you've listened to the podcast before. I'm just a lifelong fan who loves professional wrestling and sports entertainment, so I have a podcast chatting about it, trying to build a positive wrestling community where wrestling fans can talk about their love of wrestling. This show is a pretty short show, uh, so it won't take up a lot of your time. Um, pretty representative of the shows this week in wrestling, actually. Nothing was all of that super spectacular, but of course we got to review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW like we do every week. And then there was a WWE pay-per-view this past week- weekend, which was Hell in a Cell. So you'll get my thoughts on all of that, what I liked. What I didn't like, um, all the plugs come in at the end of the show, so send me your thoughts if you'd like, uh, if you agree, disagree, uh, or just your general thoughts on the week in wrestling. Uh, But let's get into the pod this week. You have uh, a lot to look forward to and to listen to, so we're going to start with the Drews and Notes segment. I'm afraid I've got some bad news! This past weekend, we had Hell in a Cell, so I am going to review that and give my thoughts on that pay-per-view by WWE. Honestly, I didn't watch the pre-show match between Natalie and, uh, or Natalia, I guess I should say, Natalia and um, Mandy Rose, so I'm going to move right to the main card, starting out with the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Hell in a Cell match, Bailey versus Bianca Belair. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I wrote a good amount of notes for this one. Um, Bailey tying Bianca's hair in the ropes and then uh, tripping over the hair was a, a cool spot. Uh, Bailey hit her head on the uh, ring steps that she had brought into the ring. Um, Bailey setting up the double kendo stick spot um, was much better than it was. Uh, Last year is better prepared. This is a good callback, and then uh, she obviously heard Michael Cole talking about it, and then uh, she said, you know, something like, "Shut up, Michael. They know. They watched me." Um, that was funny, and then this hair story um, continued throughout the match. Bailey tied Bianca's hair in a chair, and then uh, that backfired against Bailey also. Um, Bailey hit her chair against, or hit her knee against the chair, uh, when she tried to hit, uh, Bianca. Um, Bianca then tied her hair to Bailey's arm and, uh, punished her with, uh, just beat her up a little bit so Bailey couldn't get away. Bailey hit her finish, but then she couldn't make the cover because she hit her bad knee, used her bad knee to do the finish. That was from the chair spot earlier. And uh, she didn't get the pin. 
So then the end of the match with Bianca hitting the KOD on the open ladder was really, really cool. I think this was a very good use of the hair story throughout the match because this continued from last pay-per-view where Bianca's hair was used to roll up Bailey and Bailey was complaining about it. Um, just a good story told overall. A very enjoyable match and actually what it ended up being was the best match on the show in my opinion. The next match we had was Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Um, Seth won this match. Uh, I figured that would happen. Um, the quick roll for Seth was a good way to have a slick win. Um, the match will uh, just be another bump in the road. and It was a solid match. It will probably continue the story. Uh, where Cesaro and Seth have a rubber match, and then you know Cesaro probably wins, which is fine because this is all to build Cesaro. Um, the best spot I thought was Cesaro taking Seth's glove off and shoving it in Seth's mouth, and then uh, punting it. Um, I thought that was really funny. Um, it reminded me of the Million Dollar Man bit where uh, Ted DiBiase would win matches and stuff. Uh, $100 bills in his opponent's ma uh, mouse after he beat him. Um, so, solid match, and uh, I don't think we're done with Cesaro, Seth Rollins yet. The next match was the Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler match. Um, nothing super spectacular here. Um, Bliss possessing Nia to slap Reggie was a cool little twist on a superpower. We really haven't really seen possessions like that all that much in uh, WWE, and it's something different. This match had great facial expressions in it. Both Shayna and Alexa uh, really showed their emotional range where uh, through their reactions on their face. And this match served its purpose. It continued the story and keeps showing Bliss as this ever-growing, supernatural, uh, powered being, powered character. The next match was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I was surprised by this because Sami Zayn won the match. I did not expect that. It was a good story with Kevin Owens, her arm the whole time. And then uh, Sami at the end of the match after he won, he went to the announcers. <laughs> the announce table and was just bragging to the announcers after his win. That was all good stuff. Um, enjoyable match. Nothing terrible. Probably will continue the story. The match after that was the Raw Women's title match. To me, um, this was the most lackluster match on the show. Nothing really that captivating happened. Um, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, it was a DQ finish. Rhea got herself purposely disqualified. Charlotte won the match. Rhea retained. Whatever. You know, story's continuing. Not much to say about that. And then the main event was the Hell in a Cell match for the WWE title. Um, most of this was pretty good. Um, near the end was the uh, uh, better part of the match, I believe, uh, with the chair shot to the ref, getting the ref out of the uh, pitcher. This led to uh, MVP getting into the cell and being able to interfere in the match. This was a good back-and-forth intense match. Bobby retaining uh, with the help of MVP after MVP grabbed Drew McIntyre, uh, McIntyre's leg before McIntyre went for the, um, the Claymore. 
well done. Bobby retaining was predictable, but I think it was the right choice. So we can move on to, uh, you know, the, the next story. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty enjoyable show, especially for the last one for the Thunderdome pay-per-view era. It was a well-laid-out card. It did not feel rushed at all. It, didn't, it wasn't boring at any points. It held my attention, um, and there was other stuff on. There was the U.S. Open for golf um, that I had on as well, and this this show held my attention. All the finishes made sense. All the stories are moving forward. Uh, really, really decent show. Um, nothing super spectacular, but nothing really bad happened either. So... That's going to do it for this Drews and Notes segment. Let's move on to what drew money. What Drew Money segment is where I give my overall favorite moments of the shows this week in wrestling. Uh, I was just talking about Hell in a Cell, but before Hell in a Cell happened, we actually had SmackDown on Friday, the go-home show for SmackDown to the pay-per-view. And um, there was only one main thing that I actually liked on this show, um, and that was the Alpha Academy. The Alpha Academy had new music. They dominated Angelo Dawkins. I think this is good for them. They need... Uh, WWE needs a fresh team, fresh dominant team in the tag division. Um, it looks like they're building Otis as this bad guy and Chad Gable um, as this dominating team. I think it's a good combination, and I really like the Alpha Academy. That being said, we had uh, AEW Dynamite on Friday last week as well. So that actually happened before the WWE pay-per-view Hell in a Cell, but really, you know, had no consequences towards uh, Hell in a Cell. And really neither did Alpha Academy because, you know, Alpha Academy was not on Hell in a Cell. But AEW, finally, the staging and the hard cam stayed consistent this week. I've been complaining about that the last few weeks. It was the same as it was last week. Um, and yeah, okay, they made a decision with what they were doing for taping. Um, the Elite always winning in a smarmy way is working for me. Um, Nick came out, Nick Jackson came out, sprayed cold spray on, uh, in um, Penta's face for a distraction. This led to um, Carl Anderson uh, hitting a cutter off the top rope to Penta pinning Penta and winning the match. It's annoying. It's getting overdone. So that's why they should keep doing it until it becomes unbearable because they're bad guys. You know, I, uh, it didn't really hit me until about a month ago, like what was going on with this. And I was naturally just getting annoyed by what was happening with the elite coming out, beating up guys every single week. 
like uh, uh, like they're the NWO, basically. It's very NWO-esque, um, which uh, AEW has to be careful that that uh, that's not the direction it goes. I mean, I don't think they're going to add a ton of people into the elite. That's not... It'll remain... It'll remain these all these guys, and maybe they'll add in Hangman Page. Uh, maybe they'll add in Cody Rhodes. But other than that, um, I think it's going to stay the way it is. Um, so I, I think they're booking uh, this elite group uh, very well right now. Um, just have them keep doing what they're doing. They're kind of, the young bucks are doing that, you know, mid nineties, Shawn Michaels, boy toy type of character where they're just over the top and, uh, annoying. And, uh, you can see that in, in, uh, in their gear and the way they present themselves. Um, so I don't have a problem with it anymore. I'm, uh, I get it. I'm enjoying it. What I also enjoyed was from Monday Night Raw and that uh, was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross teaming, although in two different characters now. Uh, Alexa Bliss got new music, finally, because she was using the um, Firefly Funhouse theme remix sort of deal. Um, with her new music, it breaks her ties with Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, and so that story seems to be done, at least at this moment. Nikki Cross came out to new music and a new character. She's super Nikki now? I don't know. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Mighty Molly. Um, it's really hokey. And my really initial reaction was like, oh boy, this is, uh, is going to be rough. But then uh, I watched it unfold and I was like, you know what? At least this is something, you know? She wasn't really anything before. Like, she was just that, like, crazy girl like she's just a, a like wonky wacky crazy lady um so i'm gonna give this a chance and i hope it works out for both nikki and alexa where they go with their characters i thought riddle beating mcintyre to qualify their money in the bank was good this is good for riddle who's on the rise and wwe seems to be trying to build him for something more like a WWE title match against Bobby Lashley. And hopefully this is the end of Drew McIntyre being in the title picture for now. Although, now I did see um, on Twitter after uh, Raw this past week that there is a last chance qualifier match uh, that Drew McIntyre is in. So he might win that. And um, I can really see either one of these guys winning money in the bank. Um, I could see it being used for Riddle for the main purpose it's usually used for to build a new star. Or I could see it for McIntyre because he's got the story that he can't compete for the WWE title while Bobby Lashley is the champion. And if he wins money in the bank, he has a title shot anytime he wants. We'll see where that goes. Um... Right now, I'm hoping it's McIntyre's done in the title picture, but we'll see. As for NXT, um, this NXT really centered around uh, two main guys, and that was um, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. They were both good. They both had, uh, what, three segments, I believe? Um, and they were highlighted in all these segments. They're both so good. Uh, 
their segments combined probably took up half of the show's segments, or at least close to half of the shows of the segments. Um, and uh, it wasn't anything, like, super uh, amazing, but it was just like, okay, I see these strands of stories continuing throughout this show. Um, and then there was the Diamond Mine showing up at the end of NXT, and uh, it was a good build for them. They had mysterious vignettes for a while. I, I, I To be honest, when I was watching NXT, um, I would like fast-forward through these vignettes because I thought they were for like commercials for a different show or for something else. I didn't realize they were for WWE NXT until like three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and then I was like, oh... Uh, this is, <laughs> this, these are promos for people coming up. Um, last week, their promos said that they would be debuting this week, but I totally forgot about it. I think that was by design. Nothing was mentioned. They showed up last minute, last minute, and who was it? It was Roddy Strong leading Diamond Mind with Malcolm Bivens there as their valet manager, whatever you want to call him. This was nice booking, very good booking for this group, and I am going to continue talking about this group in the Drew Count. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got that! I can't believe it! Nobody's ever kicked out of that! The Drew Count is where I get my moments to complain about from the shows this week in wrestling, and I was just talking about the Diamond Mind, um... And the only thing that I don't like about the Diamond Mind here is that it's another faction for Roddy Strong. Um, and that kind of stinks for him. He's pretty much been in a faction most of his time in NXT. Um, he's certainly related to a faction. Um, but all of the other three, I guess this makes him different than all the other guys who are in the uh, Undisputed Era because it's his own thing. It does seem like he's the leader of the Diamond Mine, so that's a little bit better, but it's still like, oh, just Roddy's in another faction. The only other thing I didn't like on NXT was a pretty minor moment, but it was a uh, little backstage Twitter video with Frankie Monet and the Robert Stone brand, and I didn't really understand what the point was with Robert Stone screaming at Monet or whatever he did at the end of the promo. Um, was he scared of the dog? What was the situation? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the deal was um, with that. Let's go back to um, SmackDown. I did not like that SmackDown had... A Hell in a Cell match. Actually, I didn't like that Raw had a Hell in a Cell match either. There were two matches, uh, two Hell in a Cell matches on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and then there was one on Raw and one on SmackDown. Four Hell in a Cell matches in the same amount of days. That's that's a lot. Um, that's totally overkill. Um, the match barely means anything now. You know, it just doesn't seem like it really means much. It's just another you know, structure for a match. It's basically like, oh, you know, it's a no DQ match or what, you know, uh, a street fight. It's a no holds barred match. It's just, you know, it's just surrounded by a, a cage, you know, and it's, uh, 
people always get into the cage, so it doesn't, you know, the cage doesn't really do anything. Um, yeah, so Ray and Roman was on SmackDown, and then, uh, which that one I understand a little bit better. They're trying to get a better rating. Um, first Hell in a Cell match on SmackDown. WWE loves doing the firsts. Um, but still, like, they could have held it off for the pay-per-view. Um, but, you know, more people watch SmackDown than watch the pay-per-view, so maybe that was the logic behind it. As for Raw, I have no idea what the logic was behind why Woods and Lashley had a, a Hell in a Cell match, especially after Lashley was already in a Hell in a Cell match the night before. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, uh, maybe it's the same type of thing. WWE is trying to retain fans, but... Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was uh, with both of those. That was really my biggest issue of the week was the two Hell in a Cell matches, one on Raw and one on SmackDown. Just not necessary. Um, let's stick with Raw here and, and WWE. Um, I'm not a fan of the Money in the Bank tag matches to qualify. They did these, WWE did these for the women's matches. Uh, you don't even need to win to get into the Money in the Bank ladder match in this format. The partner could do everything. Like, uh, for one of the matches, uh, I can't remember who the partner was. Uh, oh, it was Naomi. It was Naomi and Asuka. Naomi basically did everything. Asuka was in the match for, like, two seconds. And then, you know, Naomi, Naomi wins the match against Eva Marie and, uh... Uh, Dewdrop or whatever the name Piper Niven, which is also stupid. I mean, I didn't, but that's the point of it. It's supposed to be stupid, so I didn't put on the the on the Drew count because it's supposed to be annoying. Like I, I get that sense, um, but uh, yeah, you you could just do nothing and still get in the Money in the Bank ladder match and have a chance at a WWE title match. You know, not not the best uh, way to qualify, I don't think, but. I don't think Asuka's going to win Money in the Bank again this year, so I guess no harm, no foul. But still, um, that's like Nikki and uh, Alexa Bliss. They they got their chance. I mean, that seemed to be a little bit more even, but I, I, I like the singles matches to uh, uh, win and get into the Money in the Bank ladder matches. You actually having to pin somebody or submit somebody to, to qualify. You actually having to win. Um I'm a little, uh, not concerned, but just, like, what's going on here with, uh, Drew McIntyre's promos. This is the second week in a row where he's just doing these history lesson promos. I mean, I'm a history person. Uh, I got a history, uh, I got a bachelor's in history, so I love history, so I get that. Like, I'm alright with that. I'm sure it's way more boring for other people, um, because they have no idea what the heck McIntyre's talking about. Last week he talked about William Wallace, and then this week he talked about um, Churchill. Um, so it's like, what is going on? He's just giving these history lessons for like no reason. I don't, I don't know. Um, let's go to AEW because that was the show I thought uh, had the most to complain about. Um, I, to be honest, I really actually struggled. <clears throat> excuse me, struggled putting anything that I liked about the show. Um, 
I uh, I didn't originally have the staging thing and, and the um, discussion about the elite, the thoughts about the elite until probably three quarters of the way through Dynamite. And I was like, you know, what was the best thing here on Dynamite that I actually liked? Um, and so I gave those examples in the What Drew Money. The rest of the show, just about everything I didn't really like. The Wardlow, Jake Hager cage fight, stupid. If I wanted to watch MMA, I would watch MMA. Um, it looked too obvious that they were not trying to hurt each other. And in MMA, they are clearly trying to hurt each other. It just did not translate well. Like, it looked bad. Um, and they were calling it a cage fight, which was something NXT has done twice within the last, I don't know, six months, year or so. Um, but NXT cage fight was just, you know, it's a cage around a ring with no ropes, whereas this was like an octagon, like MMA. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know any MMA fans who only watch MMA, um, but I would be interested to hear if they if they would watch this match and just be like, see, this is why I don't watch wrestling, because it's fake and stupid. Um, <laughs> and clearly choreographed and scripted, and uh, this match certainly looked like that. After the match, there was a whole brouhaha with the inner circle and the pinnacle, um, and uh, Dean, Dean Malenko came out, and Dean Malenko revealed on... Uh, talk as Jericho, Chris Jericho's podcasts uh, uh, earlier this year that he has Parkinson's and they tried using Dean's Parkinson's as a part of the story here, which I think is a little bit in poor taste. Um, MJF hit Dean Malenko and knocked him down. Um, and the announcers made it clear like, Oh, he's got Parkinson's, uh, you know, trying to get, uh, heat, bad guy heat, um, for MJF and the pinnacle, but I think you gotta do it another way, um, it was, like, such an insignificant part of everything else that was going on, like, I noticed it, but, like, why even do it if it's gonna be an insignificant part, I mean, maybe they will make it a bigger deal as the weeks go on, um, and make it make more sense, cause, you know, Jericho will come to Malenko at the fence, and, I'm sure Malenko's fine with it and fine with the story going on, but it's just like, couldn't we do something else? It's just, like, it just happened and boom, it was done. It's like, oh, Dane's got Parkinson's! Like, oh, okay, so we're using a guy who has a non-curable disease right now to make more bad guys. I mean, a lot of things in wrestling I'm good with, I thought this could have been done in a different way, and maybe I'll lighten up my stance as I see the story unfold. Um, weird production thing here. Um, AEW bleeped the word ass once in the Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy promo, but then not other times. It was weird. Like Kenny Omega said it multiple times. They only bleeped it once. And then with more bleeping, uh, Christian... He said the word shit, and that's usually said on Dynamite just fine, uh, and it's not bleeped. They say it, like, every show, multiple times by different stars on an earlier time slot, but 
this time it wasn't okay? Like, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe they hit their quota for swear words and they had to bleep a couple? It, it was weird. There was an Andrade promo with Jim Ross. It was an interview. They did subtitles for Andrade. Um, and at first, Andrade was just speaking English, and I was just like, what is the deal? They don't need... They don't need subtitles for Andrade when he speaks English. That's my point. They don't need the subtitles. But then they were consistent and they did the subtitles for when he was speaking Spanish as well. So, like, that was a good way to go about it. But maybe just do the subtitles for Spanish. And don't do them for English because at least I could perfectly understand him very well when he's speaking English. And I don't need the subtitles. The subtitles are just a distraction for me. When there are subtitles on the screen, I end up reading the subtitles instead of being able to pay attention to all of the other things going on or more of the other things going on the screen and absorbing that information. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't like that. Um, but that's it for the Drew count. Let's move on to the redrew where I give my overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling. In this segment, I give my ratings of the shows this week in wrestling, but I don't do the typical star ratings or number ratings or grade ratings, letters, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, nothing like that. Uh, if you listened to the podcast before, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, first, thanks for listening. And secondly, you'll find out exactly what I'm talking about. Let's go to SmackDown. Um, this had a, a, this show was decent. Um, it had, uh, the main ingredient, a main story, um, but nothing really else was all that great. Uh, I'm giving SmackDown the rating this week of missing ingredients. So, like, they had a recipe, right? They had the show where uh, the main ingredient was there, and it was good, but a lot of the other ingredients that make up the recipe were missing from it and so wasn't all that good um aew dynamite yeah oh aew dynamite's been tough the last couple weeks these tape shows are they're just subpar um there's lots more to complain about on the show than things that i enjoyed um and like i said i kind of struggled to find what I really did like about the show. Usually things jump out uh, at me, and I'm like, yeah, definitely like that, or no, didn't like that. Um, I'm giving AEW Dynamite the rating this week of tough luck, with all pun intended, because AEW loves doing the casino type of, uh, of uh, pay-per-views and promos. It's kind of their shtick. Um it's just, yeah, tough luck. The the, the tape shows with the, the NBA playoffs, you know. It's, they're, they're, they're hard to get through. Um, <laughs> as for Raw, um, 
it seems like they're looking for something new to do some fresh stuff. They haven't quite found it yet, but some things look good. Um, and so I'm giving Raw the rating of house shopping. When you go house shopping, you're looking for a new spot, a new place to live, something new. You haven't quite found it yet. You haven't bought a house yet. You know, there's some things that look good, some things that don't look so good. And uh, you're just kind of waiting for something more to develop. NXT, uh, as I mentioned, is the few main characters of the show, like uh, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, really carry the show. The rest of the show was all right. So I'm given uh, NXT the rating of stars of the game. That's something that happens in hockey. At the end of the game, they do three stars of the game, um, who are you know the MVPs of the game. Um, this week for NXT, there was really only two stars, two stars of the game. Well, I guess we could do three. I would put uh, you know Diamond Mind is the third star of the game, um, and then Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole interchangeably one and two. I guess. Johnny Gargano 2 and Adam Cole 1. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, but what does matter is you spreading the word about this podcast. Um, if you have any friends that you think would enjoy the podcast because you enjoy the podcast, just tell them they can find us on all podcasting platforms. Just search Drew World Order Podcast. Um if you want to uh, interact with the show, you can do that through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The handle is at DWOPod for all of those. Or you can send an email to DWOPod at gmail.com. Everything is DWOPod. So uh, if you're wondering what you need or where to find something, it's DWOPod somehow, some way. Um, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things that you're supposed to do. Um, for supporting a show, liking the show on social media, following it, subscribing, uh, sharing it, retweeting it, sending in comments, leaving ratings, leaving reviews, um, all that good stuff. If you want to further support the show, click on the Anchor page and uh, you'll find a link there. You can click on that. Whatever you put in there will be put right back into the podcast, uh, so that would be much appreciated. I appreciate you hearing my thoughts on this week in wrestling. I will, well, I won't see you. You'll hear me, I guess, I should say. You'll hear me next week with the next edition of the Drew World Order podcast, and I hope your listening experience this week was Drew Sweet. (laughs) 